Welcome to Adding Fuel to the Hire, a podcast for hiring managers and job seekers across all types of dealerships. With over 20 years collective recruitment experience, Rowan, Tony and Phil draw upon their knowledge to help you navigate through the recruitment and job hunt process. For more information, head to our website, addingfueltothehire.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Adding Fuel to the Hire. I've got the whole gang here today. I've got uh, myself, Philip Lysader. I've got Rowan. How are you, Rowan? Good, thank you. How are you? Very good. And I've got you as well here, Tony. How are you going? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Today, we're going to be talking about interesting interview questions. Um, So some of these may be common interview questions that you hear a lot, um, where you might uh, think um, they're not really about what you think they're about. And um, some others are very, very different and um, yeah, a little bit out of the box. So um, Tony, we'll start with you. You've got a good one to kick us off with. Yeah. So my first one, I really, when putting this episode together for my questions, wanted to focus on, um, I suppose, Questions that are quite rare but have a hidden meaning to them, I suppose, and ways that you can pull f- extra information out of a candidate beyond the um, the generic interview questions because I'm sure most companies out there probably ask the same set of 10, 15 questions in every interview um, they have done for five or 10 years. So just trying to, to give a, a different perspective, I suppose. So my first question, it, it's a, a three-part question. Um, so it's it's three questions ultimately, um, but they all tie together. So the first is, um, how would your previous manager describe working with you? Then you obviously get them to answer. Then you go on to, how would your previous subordinates describe working with you? And then finally, how would your previous co-workers that were on the same level as you describe working with you? Um, and ultimately, you uh, you might wonder why there's three questions that are very similar, but the whole point of it is actually testing that candidate's perception of their management skills. So things to look out for is if your first question is, how would your previous manager describe working with you? Um, and they say, oh, yeah, no, really positive. Um, I'm sure they think I'm an easygoing kind of person, um, you know, always happy to adapt to change. That's great. And then they move on to how would your um, previous subordinates describe working with you? And they say, oh, hard task master, um, you know, know, very firm but fair, that type of thing. And there's clear contrast between how they believe they're perceived between two sets of people. Um, That can be a red flag because ultimately they are treating people within the business differently um, depending on titles and can be a a flag that they, um, you know, potentially are treating subordinates with less respect than they might treat uh, their manager or someone more senior to them. Um, So it is just a a really good way to test, I suppose, whether that person's an empathetic empathetic leader um, or whether, um, yeah, ultimately they, um, they treat people all equally regardless of title. Yeah, great. Uh, I think Rowan's got something a little left field for us. Yeah, I like this one. Um, this one's great for uh, sales roles or maybe um, analytical roles like accountants or, or financial controllers. Uh, and the question is, are you a hunter or a gatherer? Uh, so either answer is is right, uh, depending on the position that you're uh, interviewing for. So you know, if you're a, a sales, uh, if you're interviewing for a sales consultant and you want somebody uh, who's going to get out there and, and get deals, you're going to want that candidate to uh, say that they're a hunter. You know, they're the person that's going to go out there. They're going to do what it takes to get the deal uh, because they know they need it to survive, basically, because their salary package is dependent on the incentives. So they need to get those sales over the line. So that person's a hunter. They want to get out there and want they want to get that done. Um, the uh, the 
area where a gatherer might be a positive response would be for, say, an accountant role or, or a financial controlling role or some sort of analytical role, uh, somebody who uh, is, is happy to uh, sit there, gather the information that's required and then formulate mm. a, a response or an answer or, or uh, a hypothesis based on that information. So somebody that really does take everything in uh, and, and analyse all that information. So I think it's a great question to be able to identify those strengths and weaknesses. Um, so a, a great candidate may even say that they're a bit of both and go on to describe how that might apply to the position that they're, um, they're being interviewed for. Yeah, that's right. Look, I'll, I'll um, take us through with uh, with my question or one of my questions, um, which is after seeing the position description, having spoken to us about the role in the interview, can you explain to me what the role is? Um, it seems like a bit of an odd question to ask, I think, um, because you're sort of going, oh, well, I've applied for this job. I know what the job is, but mm. you would be surprised at how many people would get this wrong. So um, it tests a few things. First of all, obviously, it tests for um, how much attention they've paid during the process, um, you know, how interested they were during the process, how involved they were, um, but it also tests for expectations. So say you're in, a, say you're, you're you're talking to a service manager, right? And the service manager has asked the question, and they say, "Well, I'm expecting to be, um, you know." in the workshop a lot, you know, making sure uh, the candidates are doing the right thing, uh, sorry, technicians are doing the right thing, uh, making sure that everything runs smoothly on a day-to-day -day basis. And you say, well, actually, the day-to-day -day of the role would really be a lot of customer contact. You'd be doing a lot of driving. You'd be seeing customers. Um, you'd be on the phone a lot. You wouldn't actually see the mechanics too much because, um, you know, the workshop manager takes takes uh, takes a lot of that load off you. So um, it, it, um, it gives you a good idea of where their head is at with the role and what their actual expectations are for the position. Um, not every not every job is the same. And um, it gives you an idea of where you probably need to clarify things. And um, yeah, this, this, this is something that can really help you um, just give the candidate a better, a better idea of, of, of what their day-to-day -day would really look like. That's a really good one, particularly for service leadership or service management type roles, as you kind of alluded to, because a lot of the time, the title service manager for one dealer could mean completely off tool and for another dealer it's you know half on the tools half not still swinging spanners so asking that question as you said it, it can go oh well hold up this person thinks they're going to be completely off tools sitting in an office all day we actually need them spinning spanners for 50 percent of the week um we better talk to them about this asap and make sure they're okay with it yeah that's right and it can also just pull out some extra questions that um the candidate may may have been sitting on and they didn't want to ask because they felt a, they felt like it was a, a bad question you know um they sort of said well my impression was that uh, it would be so and so and so but you mentioned this earlier so i thought i'd just double check you know what what would that look like um it, it just um opens the door for further transparency really throughout the process and um, we'll go ahead with your next question, Tony. Tell me about it. Yeah, so this one's another, I suppose, uh, test of emotional intelligence, um, which I know a lot of companies and, and uh, research is showing that's far becoming more important than IQ. Um, you know, EQ is what it's referred to as. Um, and the question is, tell me about something that you struggled with early on in your career and how you overcame that. Um, so ultimately, it's self-awareness. Um, red flag if the, the person, you know, can't think of anything that they struggled with because ultimately everyone struggles with something, um, not just early on in your career, but I think with every job that you do. Um, so it is a, a real test of, you know, honesty and, and genuineness and, um, yeah, just that self-awareness factor. So, um, 
the the reason it's important it's not that you really care about the answer per se it's more so looking for that candidate's ability to to pick something and then be genuine about it and talk about it um, because ultimately self-awareness is, is criti- critical for overcoming obstacles so if they can't sit there and pinpoint one moment in time that they struggled throughout their career then they're going to struggle generally speaking picking up obstacles and, and seeing them come you know seeing them coming and and being able to predict them and try and uh, come up with a solution. So, um, yeah, that that emotional intelligence factor around um, yeah obstacles and being self aware is, is massive when it comes to uh, problem solving in the future. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And um, Rowan, take it ahead. Yeah. So the next question that I came up with was uh, talk, getting a candidate to talk about some of the positives that they've had and achievements within their career. So the question is, what single project or task? Uh, would you consider to be your most uh, significant career accomplishment to date? Uh, so what what this uh, question does is it gets the candidate to tell you about their uh, previous success and their level of ownership of that success. So, uh, you know, a great answer will show that they're confident in their work um, and, you know, that, uh, you know, they'll, they're still humble that it was a potentially a, a team uh, team result, that they had help and, and, you know, they worked with others and they can talk about that. And, how that they um, um, how that they care about the company's success, I think, is important mm. as well to to show in that response. So, um, so yeah, it's it's definitely good a good question to really listen to what they're saying, not just the answer, but actually listen to the words that they're talking about and and how they're describing the accomplishment rather than the actual accomplishment. Um, I think that's important to get an understanding. You know, oh well, you know, if they if the candidate comes back with a, an answer that. You know, oh, I, I basically did all this myself and uh, didn't have, you know, they didn't want to do it or, you know, that, that signifies that perhaps they're not aligned with the yeah. uh, objectives of the employer and that uh, that they, uh, you know, pot- potentially go off on their own and maybe that accomplishment isn't really an accomplishment for that company. Yep. might be for them because they went ahead and did it anyway. So it's really important to listen to what they're actually saying. You really want somebody who's uh, talks about how it benefited the company how the company maybe responded to the change and the the achievement, um, and then also just uh, acknowledgement of other people that may have assisted as well. So, yeah, yeah, it's that whole um, you know, oh, I could see there was a better way to do it. No one wanted to do it, but I pushed ahead anyway, and you know, I was right. It, it turned the business around. So, it might have been the right thing to do. Um, who are we to judge? But yeah, like. Were they rubbing people up the wrong way? Did they not really understand how to get people on board, especially in a team environment or a management position? If someone's saying, you know, they were fighting an uphill battle the whole time, but I got there in the end, well, it's red flags because you management 101 is you want to get as many people on the same path as you moving forward in the same direction. So did they struggle with that? Or, you know, as the opposite of that is, you know, oh, you know, my best achievement was I got four people that didn't agree with me to, to all put in and they all bought in and we all moved forward and achieved this result as a team. So that kind of hint, gives hints as to what type of leader they'd potentially be. Yeah, that's right. No, I like that question because it uh, showcases quite a bit of self-awareness as well. Um, not just self-awareness in terms of, you know, what, uh, you, you know, what your, uh, your contribution was to this accomplishment, but also what you look at as an accomplishment. And how you look at that, you know, was it, as you guys have said, was it just me or was it the team effort or, you know, it tells a lot about a person um, in terms of, you know, the way they talk about their accomplishments. Yeah, definitely. Phil, you've got one as well. So why don't you uh, 
talk us through your next question. Yeah, so mine is a little uh, a little bit more simple. Uh, it's one of those that's often overlooked, I think, um, but it's a very simple one and it, I find it very effective. So it's, why are you interested in this role and what are your career aspirations? So we'll talk about the first part first, why are you interested in this role? So um, a lot of the time people will just answer, oh, well, I saw, you know, the job was advertised and then, you know, I, I want this sort of job and, um, yeah, so I applied. Um, you know, it, it, this one easily catches people out who've not done research, you know. Um, this is where you can really show as a candidate, oh, well, I researched it and I had a look and, um, you know, I actually realised you guys were really close to me. I only live 10 minutes away. Um, I also noticed you have, you know, so-and-so brand and, um, you know, that's a really great brand. I'd love to work with that. And, um, you know, it looks like you have um, the right size uh, business for me that, mm. that, that I'm sort of looking to work in. Um, again, it's basics, but it's uh, it's one of those basic ones that really ticks a lot of boxes if you can answer it correctly. Um, the other one as well is um, it just shows how invested they are. Um, if someone has just sort of applied for a couple of jobs and um, they can't really tell you why they're interested, it's just because they need a job. Yeah. Um, they're not really invested. They haven't really researched it. Um, you're kind of just talking to them. To them, it's a blank role. You know, you, to them, this is a, a blank canvas and you're sort of having to, to paint the picture for them quite a lot. Um, the other half of that is the career aspirations half. So um, with career aspirations, you, you want to have someone who will fit the, the aspirations of your business, right? So, um, if you're, uh, if you say you're, you're, you're a, a small regional agricultural dealer and, um, you know, there is only five or six people that work in the dealership and you've got someone who wants to, you know, get into big management positions and, you know, be part of a growing business or, you know, who's happy to move around for different roles within a business, then they're probably not the right person for you. And, um, that's something you really need to need, need to think about, you know, say you've got someone who's, a mechanic and they say, I really want to be a service manager within the next two years. And um, your service manager there is, um, he's been there for a number of years. You can't see them leaving anytime soon. And um, yeah, you maybe have to start thinking about, okay, maybe this isn't the right fit. Maybe mm. we need to communicate that to them. Um, it sort of gives you a bit of a, a bit of an idea of the roadmap they're looking at over the next couple of years. That's right. And I think, uh, and I know we've touched on it in a few of our previous interview specific podcast episodes, uh, but I think there's a few important things to remember about the structure of interviews as well is, is making sure that, you know, if, if, if you do use some of these questions or questions similar to this is that you ask all the candidates the same questions. Yeah. You know, they've just got to be consistency across that uh, so that you're correctly, uh, you know, appraising every candidate to make sure that they're going to be, um, you know, fairly compared. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I think right. the common theme across all of these, um, what, six questions was all emotional intelligence. Um, so I think the take-home message for me would be reassess your questions. If you do have a template, I'm sure if they're they're old, they're probably outdated and they're probably all just black and white objective questions, no, you know, no reasoning skill sets or anything like that that is, uh, you know, being tested. So rejig your questions, have a look at, you know, how can we really test for self-awareness and emotional intelligence and that sort of thing. And um, because all the research is pointing towards that they are the, the best employees for, for any business. Yeah, that's right. And I think um, that might be a good, uh, good place to finish up for the week. Um, thanks everyone very much for listening and um, we'll talk to you again soon. See you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Adding Fuel to the Hire. If you have any questions or you'd like to hear us talk about a particular topic, why not send us an email at podcast at addingfueltothehire.com.
If you like what we do and would like to support our podcast, please leave a review on your podcasting app of choice. For further information, please visit our website, addingfueltothehire.com.